0: He's coming to close out our series on the book of Joshua and on uh, this idea of finding freedom. And I'm excited about uh, what he's going to share today. And as we've noticed all through the book of Joshua, we keep reading these words over and over again. It says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And um, as we were thinking about the next series that follows this, the idea of being strong and courageous uh, kept coming up in our thoughts and our prayers and our conversation. And we realized that uh, there are so many people today, for whatever reason, dealing with fear and anxiety uh, at many different levels. And I truly believe it's something that is uh, just a, just a, a tyranny of, of evil that tries to destroy people. Um, Fear is is relentless. Anxiety is rampant in our country and, and in our lives. And um, we decided, let's tackle this. Let's let's uh, let's talk about this. And and so we're we're putting a lot of energy and effort into this. Uh, in two weeks, we've got a young man who's uh, uh, he'll be an outside guest uh, coming in to speak to us. He's a, a psychologist and. And a speaker dealing simply with anxiety and just what God did in his life and how he's help helping others today. And I know that you know people who are struggling with anxiety, and it may be you as well. And uh, I just want to encourage you to be part of this next series. Um, it's going to be amazing, and uh, it starts next Sunday. And, and I just, for whatever reason, I really believe that God is going to use this series to help set people free from the fear and anxiety that satan has tried to use to destroy their lives and i've watched it up close Uh, it is an enemy of our spirit an enemy of our home an enemy of of our lives and um, god has an answer and so uh, we are going to deal with the lives of fear and uh, i just want to encourage you to bring friends uh, bring people who need to hear this you be here uh, it's going to be a great series. Brody, you're right, All right, man. thank you. All right, good morning. The, um,
1: just a quick praise report. Uh, this is the last Sunday that we have to go without NFL football regular season. So God is good. He is good. Um, hey, I wanted to tell you guys a story. Uh, my wife, Amber, and I, we were down in Arkansas a couple weeks ago, and uh, on our way back, uh, we got on the plane, and our first flight got delayed a little bit, so we switched our second flight. So we get on our second flight, and we're flying into Reagan, and uh, everything's going fine, and uh, we go, and we're about to land, and I'm like, all right, uh, this has uh, been a good trip. Everything went normal, and we are like feet above the ground, and then the plane just takes off again and goes, and uh, I'm thinking, wait, there, there's got to be something. So I thought the, the pilot was going to uh, come on and say, hey, it's okay, everything's all right. And it was a good 10, 15 minutes before he said anything. And so, you know, my mind is like racing, like what the heck is going on? And Amber doesn't do real well with flights, and so she's kind of like looking over at me. And like I need to be like kind of strong, so my heart's like racing. I'm like, we're good, it's fine. <laughs> like in my mind, I'm like, what the heck is going on? And uh, finally, like 15 minutes later, he gets on and he's like, hey, everyone, sorry about that. Uh, we hit a gust of wind that pushed us to where we weren't going to be able to land with the size of the runway. So uh, we're just going to be circling around. I'm like, this would have been really good information like 10 minutes ago before my mind just raced to like all these different things. And um, so we're circling over D.C. And then, uh, then he gets back on. He's like, uh, sorry, uh, we, we've uh, run out of fuel, so we need to go ahead and land in Richmond. It'll be about... 15 minutes, uh, they'll be back in the air, back into D.C., get you guys home. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, so we get there, and, and um, he gets on. Oh, it'll be another 15, 15, 30 minutes. Um, fast forward four hours later, uh, we are still in the plane, um, and it starts storming in Richmond. Um, and so they get on. Everyone's hungry. Everyone's kind of getting fussy. And um, they get, He he's like, all right, we'll let you guys get on. Um, Into the airport, you'll be able to get some food there, sorry about this. Um, And then lightning struck the transformer of the airport, so the power went out. And so, it was like a movie, like it was crazy. And they get on, and he's like, "Uh, uh, lightning has hit the transformer, so we're not going to be allowed to get off of the plane. However, we do have uh, cookies, pretzels, Uh, everyone's like, come on, get us off this plane. Finally, it's like, we we were supposed to land, I think, around 430 30. Uh, we end up getting in, uh, we end up getting off the plane at 10.30 p.m. in Richmond. Had to get a, like, a rental car to come up. And um, basically, I was, I was sitting there thinking, you know, the pilot kept saying, it'll be another 15 minutes and we'll be good, another 15 minutes. You know, we were so close to landing, yet we ended up further away than we were. And it was just like, well, I'll get back there, I'll get back there. And, and it just never happened. And I want to ask you, in, in your lives, do you ever get that moment it may be during this series, during this Freedom Fighters series, where you think, man, I am so close. I'm so close to where I want to be. I've had this past. I've, I've been walking in this fear or this addiction or in this, this habit. And I'm so close to where God wants me to be. But then all of a sudden, you feel like all of a sudden you're, you're, you're so much further than you were before. And you tell yourself, maybe a little bit, a little bit longer, and I'll be back there. Man, a little bit longer, I'll be back there. Man, this is the last time. Man, I'm not going to do this anymore. You feel like you're so close, you're so close to the promised land, so close to where you want to be. And you end up further than where you were before. Today, what we're going to talk about, it's our last week in this Freedom Fighter series. And what we're talking about is being free forever. Being free forever. We know that God wants us to know him to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. But a lot of times what we do is we just end up making a little bit of progress and then going back, making a little bit of progress and then going back. And we we end up in the same spot. What happens is we have these phases of freedom in our life, these little moments of freedom, but overall we just feel like we're in the same cycle. And the thing is that God wants you to be free forever to be living in his freedom, and I'm not talking about perfection, but I'm talking about living in that freedom. He has that for you today. I don't know what you've been through, what your past is, but you can live in the freedom that Christ has to offer. We've been walking through the book of Joshua, and um, we're going to look at the last two chapters of Joshua, Joshua 23 and 24. And these are Joshua's final speeches to the Israelites. And, and basically what he's doing is he's setting up somewhat of a contract for them, a covenant to say, okay, listen, this, this is, if you guys as a nation want to be free forever, this is what's going to have to happen. And, and here's kind of a contract between you and God. And um, I believe that, that we can follow what Joshua has been telling the Israelites in these two chapters, So the very first thing, and go ahead and take out your notes. Um, If you didn't know, on your app, you can actually get the message notes on your app. I believe you hit connect and then message notes. So if you want to do that, if that's easier, go ahead and do that. Uh, But if not, there's notes in your uh, program there. I want to encourage you to go ahead and pull those out and fill in these blanks. But the very first thing that we have to do if we want freedom forever, the very first thing, this is what Joshua does, is, is you need to review who God is and what he has done. Review who God is and what he has done. You see contracts in that day, the way that they would kind of be set up between countries or, or people is at the very beginning, they would do a review of the different parties involved. So they talk about the history of, of what had happened between those countries and how they got to that point. This is what Joshua does with the Israelites and with, uh, and with God. It says in Joshua 23:3. You have seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. And then in chapter 24, it's the second speech, he has this really long uh, passage where he talks through all of the different things God had done for the Israelites. But you see, when when we remember what God has done in our lives, when we know what he is capable of, it shapes our view of who God is. A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And Joshua knew this. He knew the most important thing about us is what we believe about God. And it is so important to remember, to review who God is and what he has done. So in chapter 24, he goes into all these things. He's saying, God is saying, do you, do you, do you remember all the things I've done? When you think about Abraham, think about isaac you think about jacob do you remember your ancestors do you remember the slavery that your ancestors were in in egypt and how god took them out of that slavery and how in the wilderness how he taught them to not be slaves anymore in their mentalities and their mindsets that how he had given them this this land this promised land and this purpose for their lives He's saying, do you remember all the battles we have fought that God has fought for us? All these battles we should have had no chance at winning and how God came through. Do you remember Jericho, how the walls came down? Do you remember how he parted seas twice for us? Do you guys remember that? So he sets up this contract saying, man, remember all the amazing things that God has done. Let's remember who God is and what he has done for us. I want to encourage you, sometimes we have these remember moments in our lives where God has come through for us, where he has done some amazing things, but, but sometimes we simply forget what God has done. I want to encourage you, think through your life and think through, how has God come through for me? How has God come through for me? So then when, you, when you're in the midst of, of a difficult situation, you can think, man, do you, man I remember when, when my marriage was, was just really difficult and God came through. And I remember when he provided. I remember when, when, when I lost my job and, and, and I needed God to come through. Man, I remember when this crisis happened and God came through. But I want to encourage you to mark it down to document it somewhere so that you have a list of things you can go through. The big things and the small things where you can see that God comes through. We have those remember moments where, where God is good. He is faithful. Sometimes we forget. You know, the, um, I love watching, I love the NFL. And I love when the, the Hall of Fame, when the, the different Hall of Famers get inducted. And one of the cool things that they do is they put together a highlight video of these different um, Hall of Famers. And I love Terrell Davis, or I love the Broncos. And Terrell Davis got uh, inducted. I love Terrell Davis. I do. Um, but he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, I kind of forgot how good he was. As a kid, I would watch him, and I remember just thinking he was awesome. But they had this highlight video, and I watched it, and it was eight, nine minutes. And after, I was like, man, I forgot how good he was. I forgot it. But after watching that, it was these things that made me remember how good he was. There was one of Kurt Warner, LaDainian Tomlinson. I remember watching those and thinking, I forgot how good they were when I watched the plays that showed their greatness. When we document when God comes through for us, we can have those moments where we look back and we can say, man, I forgot how good God was. I forgot his greatness, but I can look at this and I can remember how good he is. I can review how good he is. Now, you you may be in a, a point where you say, man, I don't think God has really done anything for me. I mean, financially I'm struggling or my health hasn't been that good or, or I've had difficulty in my relationships. But I, I want to encourage you to, to say, man, God has come through for you. He has, I promise you. There have been moments in your life where he has come through. I want you to think through those things. And, and if, if nothing else, if you receive nothing else in life, man, God sent his son Jesus to die for you because he cares so deeply about you. He sent his son to the cross to die a gruesome death for you. So he has come through for you. A.W. Tozer, again, he says, sometimes I go to God and say, God, if thou um, dost never answer another prayer while I live on this earth, I will still worship thee as long as I live in the ages to come for what thou has done already. God's already put me so far in debt that if I were to live one million millenniums, I couldn't pay him what he has done for me. You see, God has come through. At your absolute worst, he loved you, he cared for you, and he sent his son to die for you because he wants to be with you so badly. So let's remember this amazing gift. Let's, uh, let's remember what God has done to come through for us. And you see, the, the, sometimes I think we forget because you know, our response to what God has done for us is worship, is how we give him our lives, what we pour out before him. But sometimes we, we have an entitled attitude or we have, we have a thought of, well, he hasn't done for me what he's done for that person. You know, I, I love Christmas time. One of the reasons I love Christmas time is that like one of my top love languages is, is gifts. I love gifts. And um, I don't just love receiving them, I love giving them. And uh, I truly but I love like when I really work hard on something and I like sacrifice and I, and I think through, man, what would be a perfect gift? I love just sitting there and just waiting for like the response. I get like real dramatic about it. Like I'll hide gifts and be like, oh, I don't know. I guess that's it. Oh, did you check back behind, behind that thing? And then I like wait to see the response, you know. I love seeing the response. And, um, like, there are certain things, like, for my parents, I remember I, I went to Thomas Balch, and I looked through, okay, what, what, you know, let's look through the genealogy line, let's plot it as far as, like, you know, just one of the lines and put it on this map, and it was kind of cool, I did it for both parents. One of the cool things was that um, on one set, like, like six generations back, it was in uh, Loudoun County. Like, the person was born in Loudoun County. Like, my parents ended up in Colorado. I was like, that's crazy. It's amazing. So I remember thinking, like, I can't wait to see the response because I worked hard on it. I'd sacrificed. I'd spent many a Saturday at Tom's Bulge. Um, and I wanted, it, I wanted that response. One time I built uh, Amber a table. And I remember thinking, man, I can't wait to see her response. And one of the worst things is when I work hard on a gift, when I sacrifice, when I, when I think, man, this is the perfect gift. And, and if the person opens and it's just kind of like it's nothing, you know? Oh, thanks. That's it? <laughs> Do you realize what I did to, to get that for you? Uh, should I rewrap it? We try it again? Like, I don't know. But sometimes, like, when the response is just like, like it's nothing, it's so, man, it, it makes me think, man, did, did, did they really appreciate it? And, and, and I, I want to ask you today is your response in the way that you worship? And the way that you let God know, man, thank you so much. Our, this is amazing. He's given us the greatest gift of all time. In the death of his son, imagine that. You giving up your child, allowing your child to die so that you could, could have a relationship with someone. Imagine that. Wouldn't you want the response to be of just absolute gratitude? But sometimes we treat it like it's nothing. I want to challenge some of you. Like when we worship here on Sunday mornings in music, sometimes we just stand like it's nothing. Just, yeah, I'm saved, whatever. Man, he gave you his son. So worship is not about, oh, I like the song, I don't like the song, man, it was this or that. It's a response to the gift God has given us. So, man, let's try, especially like if, if we've been here a while, let's try to be here on time. Let's try to, get, to, to give God our all. Let's not care about the people around us as far as, you know, man, if, if I really give it my all, it might seem weird. It's you and God. And you're letting him know, I am so grateful for what you've done for me. I am so grateful. I'm forever in debt to what you've done for me. Let's let's respond in a way that that shows what he has done. There's a story in in the New Testament where where Jesus is at this this person's house. And, and, And it says in Luke 7, it says, A certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume, and she knelt behind him at his feet weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. And she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. And, and this alabaster jar, it was like this extremely expensive jar. And in order to get the perfume, you had to break it. So she does this at Jesus' feet to let him know, man, I am just in awe of you. I just, I love you. And, and, and some of the religious people, they said, Jesus, do you realize, like, you don't realize who she is. She's an immoral woman. She, you know, most likely she was a prostitute. You, if you had any clue who was at your feet, you wouldn't allow her to do that. He says, no, and, and Jesus goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's saying, I know who that is. I know her. And the reason she is is doing this is because, imagine if, if someone gave a little bit of money to someone and someone gave just a ton of money to someone. Who would be more grateful? The person that, that, that had been given a ton. So he's saying when, when you know, you may say, man, she's got all this sin in her life. Jesus is saying, man, I, she is grateful because she knows the grace that has covered her. And for us, if we're honest, man, God has, has covered us with grace. We are so imperfect. We have faults and flaws and so many sins. And so if we truly know and remember who God is and we review how he's come through for us in our lives, how in the midst of our sin, in our absolute darkest moments, that he loved us and that Jesus died for us. When when we understand that, it's the very first thing that, that that we need in order to be free forever. We need to remember who God is and what he's done for us. The second thing that we need is to be resolute in following the stipulations, be resolute in following the stipulations. Resolute means you, you you don't waver, you you don't move back and forth. It's I am I am set, I am firm in what I'm going to do. Every covenant had stipulations, had terms and agreements, and and those were kind of like the boundaries. And these were meant to keep Israel safe and allow them to enjoy the promised land to the fullest. Joshua 23, 6, it says, So be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. We need to know the terms of the contract. We need to know what God has told us as far as the boundaries, where he says, this is, this is the best for your life. We need to know that by, by reading the Bible. Um, but what we need to do is we need to know, first, what we need to run from. What we need to run from from. Joshua 23, 7 says, make sure you do not associate with the other people um, still remaining in the land. Do not even mention the name of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Um, You you know, this formula carries over to Colossians 3, where first Paul talks about the things you're supposed to run from. He says, put to death evil things lurking within you, and then he goes on to list off all these different things that we need to run from. From, um, you know, and I want to—I want to tell you. Listen, if you are, if you continue some sort of sin or some sort of addiction, or there's something that keeps coming up in your life, I want to let you know. Like, I'm not here to point the finger at you, make you feel terrible, make you feel guilty. I know, for the most part, you probably are the first one to say, "Man, I feel terrible about the things I've been doing. I want to stop this thing, but I can't." I want to let you know, like, I, I am not here to try to guilt you into doing something. That does not work. Guilt does not work. I read an article the other day. It said, um, it, it said something about how scientists had figured out that dogs don't really feel true guilt or remorse. And whenever your dog feels bad about, you know, ripping up something, it's just a response to how you are responding. And I was like, scientists are ridiculous. How would they know? Like dogs don't feel guilty no like i took a survey and i said bark if you truly feel guilty." like how would they know there's no way they just made that up and yeah but sometimes i feel like like in church we think they don't feel guilty about what they're doing listen i have there have been sins in my life that that come up over and over and it's just like i feel terrible i feel so bad it's not that i don't feel guilty i just don't know how to get out of this you know and some of you guys might be in those, those, those places where there's things that resurface. And you go back to them. And it's not you don't feel bad about them. You just don't know, man, how do I, how do I stop this? You know, so we, we need to know what we need to run from. But then, you know, you need to know what you have to run to. A lot of people um, talk up uh, this fast food place called Cane's. Has anybody done, been there? Cane's, it's like chicken. People say, they're like, man, it is amazing. It's the absolute best. Like, when you, on the way to Liberty, where I went to college, there's this place called Cane's um, in Charlottesville right on the way. Um, they're like, you got to go to Cane's. But the problem with that is that where Cane's is, if you go a little bit down the road, there is a cookout, all right? And I absolutely love cookout, all right? I, if I can get a tray with, with chicken fingers, and then I get hush puppies, and I get like some French fries with some Cajun seasoning on them. And then I get a milkshake. It's amazing. It's so good. So the thing with Cane's is like, I could go to Cane's, but I will never know what Cane's tastes like because it's not cookout. All right? I know I don't want to miss out on cookout. And the thing is that, that let's say Cane's is like sin or addiction or whatever, whatever it is in your life that, that you don't want to do. You have to have something else that you're running to. You can't just stand in front of Cain's and say, I don't want to go in there. I can't go in there. I can't go in there. I can't go in there. And then you're hungry. You're like, all right, I'll go. What you need to do is you need to have something else that you're running to that is so much better than what Cain's has to offer. All right? And so you need something in your life that is so much better than what sin has to offer. You have to have something that you are running to. Joshua 23, 8, it says, rather cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. In Colossians 3, you know, where, where Paul's doing that formula where it's like, these are the things you run from. He has the things that you run to. Mercy, kindness, humility, this huge list of things to run to. And so we need to know what we need to run from and we need to know what we need to run to. And it's so important when it comes to our freedom because when we distance ourselves from God, we distance ourselves from everything that's good. God created man and woman, and when he did this, he he created man and woman to have fellowship with him, to walk with him. But then sin enters the world through our free will, and and it's like there's a separation. And when we decide to walk away from God, to, to... to follow our sin nature instead of the Spirit, there is a separation that comes with that. And God is everything good. So when we separate ourselves from God, we are separating ourselves from everything that is good. You know, and Jesus died on the cross so that we can have fellowship with Him again, but our sin nature is still inside of us and it still constantly pulls us away for not intentional with our freedom. John 15, 5, it says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, Jesus says, remain in me. It takes work. It takes intentionality. It will be difficult, but remain in him. Remain in his promises, the things he has, has given for you to do in your life. Remain in those. Work hard at not allowing your sin nature to pull you away from the fellowship that God has for you, the freedom that God has for you. Um, you know, in our natural, you know, it, it's kind of like gravity. The further away you get from the earth, the further away you get from the, the effects of, of earth's gravity. And so obviously when you get into space, you see where people are kind of like floating around and all of that. That's because they are further away from the earth's gravity, from the effects that the earth has on them. And the closer you are to the set, like the, the, the core to the earth, the heavier gravity pulls on you. And it's the same thing with God. You know, the, the, when, when we distance ourselves from God, we're distancing ourselves from everything that is good, the effects he has on our lives. And that's what Joshua is saying is, listen, if you venture out from the promised land, if you're going into other countries and intermarrying and, and doing these things where you are going to people that you know are going to pull you apart from God, you are pulling yourself apart from everything good there's a really cool video there's this band called OK go and like all their music videos are just amazing like they're so cool really creative and they did this one video that i'll show you but everything that they they shot they went in this airplane and they got where they could get to zero gravity there's a video that scientifically shows you how they did it i can't explain it but um they're in zero gravity so they're being pulled away and um just go ahead and check out this video Like it's time to decide. Are you here? Are you now? Is this it? All of those selves that you tried. Wasn't one of them good enough? Cause you're upside down and inside out, and you can feel that. Inside down and upside up and you can feel that, feel that. Stop, 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 can't stop, it's like a freight train. Don't, don't stop, 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 can't stop, you feel going down, down. I wish I had said the things you thought that I had said. Isn't that amazing? Like, how creative. I think that's just the coolest video. But the the reason I showed you that is because um, our sin nature naturally pulls us away from the life that God has for us. God has a promised land for you, freedom that you can be walking in. But our sin nature naturally pulls us away from that. Satan does not want you to be living that life. So our sin nature naturally pulls us away, just kind of like in those videos. And, and there's a snapshot that I have of, um, of that video. Can we go ahead and get that up? So, so the interesting thing here is that you, you may wonder, why are those three guys, like why aren't they feeling the effects of the zero gravity there? The, um, what we see is that there are different things that are keeping them grounded. So you see there at their feet, they've got something there. They've got seat belts on. They've got different things that keep them in place where they're supposed to be. I want to encourage you to have some of those sorts of anchors in your life. It is so important to know what God believes about you. And you've got to get into God's word and see for yourself the love that he has for you. It is so important to have certain passages and verses that you have memorized that are just in your brain, that whenever Satan tries to tell you the lie that you are not loved by him, you're able to shoot back with something and say, no, I'm staying grounded. I've got an anchor because I know what God believes about me. This is why life groups are so important because people are some of the best anchors that you can have. When you're going through hard times, when you're going through temptation, you have people who are gonna pull you back down and say, no, this is who God has created you to be. This is the freedom that God has offered you to walk in. You know, we can never outrun God's love, but our rebellion can take us outside the benefits of obeying him. John 15, it says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. I told you these things that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. See, God will never stop loving you. But there are benefits, there are effects that happen when you decide to follow everything God has told you to do. When you decide, I'm going to have the attitude God has called me to have. I'm going to, I'm going to have the integrity God has called me to have. There are effects and benefits that happen with doing that. And when you decide, I'm going to rebel from God and go away from what he's told me to do, we are walking outside the benefits that he has for us. So, um, you know, we need to be resolute in following uh, the covenant. And the last thing is decide your response to the covenant. So, so Joshua is saying, listen, I want you to know who God is, what he's done in your life. But then I also want you to know that you are going to be resolute, that you know the boundaries, you know the life that God has for you. You're going to stay walking in those promises, not perfection, but, but walking in the promises that God has for you. And the last thing is, okay, this is, this is what's been set up. This is the covenant." And now you get to respond. You get to tell me whether you want to follow this or not. Joshua 23 12 through 13, or uh, 24 15, it says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served before the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites and those in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Other translations say me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You've got to decide today, who are you gonna serve? Who are you gonna follow? What freedom are you going to to take hold of? Decide your response today. And, and, And I wanna encourage parents, lead the way, lead the way. Do not just tell your kids, hey, you need to be in youth group. You need to be in church. You need to be reading your Bible. You need to be praying. Lead the way. Show them the life that you want them to live. Show them the way that you want them to treat their future spouse. Show them the way to depend on God, to be so reliant on him, to be so in love with him, to be so passionate with who he is. You know, when it comes to freedom and our response to this covenant, it will be caught rather than taught. It'll be caught rather than taught. That means when your kids see you living the life, they will catch that. It won't take just you sitting down and saying, listen, we need to have these devotions. You need to learn who God is. You need to learn what you need to do. No, they are looking at you. They're taking a look at your integrity, at your attitude they're taking a look at the way that you respond to God, the way that you worship, the way that you pray. They're watching you. You need to make a, a choice today. Am I, am I going to show them? Am I going to lead the way? Or am I going to just be all talk? And the thing is, everybody in here today has a chance, has a choice. Whatever your past is, Whatever you've struggled with, whatever you're living in right now, you have a choice. Today, you can lead the way. Um, you know, I, I've told you already today, I love the NFL. I love football. And uh, my favorite team is the Broncos. The reason being is because, like, my, my family is just in my blood. But I remember when I was, like, five years old, it was Super Bowl 32. And Broncos hadn't won a Super Bowl before. And um, this was John Elway's Super Bowl against the Packers where he won. And I remember as a kid, not really understanding football, but I remember my my dad talking to me and and, and just the passion he had for the Broncos. I remember, like, as a kid, just falling in love with the Broncos. And and he never sat me down and said, listen, these are the Denver Broncos. You've got to follow them. This is who we are. You're out of my house. No, like, there's just this... (laughs) There was just this passion that he had for, for the Broncos. I remember just catching on to it. And, and I'm passionate about the Broncos. And my kids, man, they better follow it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they're going to catch the passion that I have for the Broncos. And, and it's just passed down because it, it's just natural. It's just this thing that happens. And, and there's this love and devotion to this team. And parents, for your kids... You may, have, you may you know, be a single parent. You may have, have a, a, a spouse, but you're in a rocky relationship. Or, or you may be doing okay. But no matter where you are, you can make a choice today where you say, I am going to lead the way. I'm going to show them what it means to be passionate about Jesus. I'm going to show them what it means to be in prayer every single day, to pray over them, to pray over their spouse, I'm going to show them what it means to be in the word and and to to be resolute in the things that God has told us to do. I'm going to show them. I'm going to lead the way in worship. I'm going to lead the way in, 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 in showing our kids what it means to truly follow Jesus. Michael Jordan, he said, earn your leadership every day. I want to encourage you all, lead the way. Lead the way. Your response is gonna be caught rather than taught. And and just like Joshua, you can say today, me and my family, we're gonna serve the Lord. And my first step is I am going to lead the way in my passion, in my prayer, in my following of God. I'm gonna lead the way. And you may not have, have done this ever before. This may be weird to you when you go home and you may have never even prayed in your house with your family. But today I'm giving you permission to do that today you can say, man, we listened to this message and I want to lead the way and we're going to start doing some things different in here and I'm going to be the one that starts. I'm going to show you what it's like. I'm not going to be perfect but you can catch my passion. i want to encourage you to do this. We're going to have a response song here. And I want to encourage you to end this song. It's cool because it goes right with what we're talking about where it talks about who God is, how great He is. we are in that, how we can live in that, and then a response. It's saying, here's my heart, Lord. Here's everything I have. You think about your heart. It's what keeps you alive. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my everything. I want to encourage you. Don't care about who's around you. If you're in a place where you're like, man, I need to pray for my spouse. I need to pray for my kids. Do what you need to do. Use this as a response to say, I'm going to lead the way. Me and my family, we will serve the Lord, and we will live in freedom. We're not going to accept the lies that Satan has for us. We are living in the freedom that God has for us. I want to ask everyone to go ahead and stand up, and let's respond to what God has done in our lives.